unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my
It's time for us to go ahead and get started tonight, if we can, please. Very happy that uh, all of you are here tonight. We especially want to uh, say hello and welcome our visitors. We are honored you're here, and we hope that uh, you'll hang around and give us a chance to express that to you before you leave. I do hope you received a bulletin uh, when you came in or picked one up. Uh, it's got updates there that are needed so please check that out in addition to those on the sick list we've been asked to remember corbin penna in our prayers this is the seven week old great grandson of sue mason and uh, he has been diagnosed with strep and running high fever and that family requests our prayers so uh, this is sue mason's great grandson we want to remember him in our prayers as well as others uh, do keep in mind our Super Saturday Bible School coming up on June the 10th. I uh, hope you'll plan to participate and sign those lists. Uh, keep in mind that this coming Sunday, 7th through 12, youth and parents, along with anyone else interesting, uh, interested in our youth activities and planning future events, uh, you are invited to a fellowship in the annex following uh, the evening class. And uh, I think you need to sign the list to bring drink and sides and desserts and also sign the list if you plan on coming so they can order enough chicken. Also, Senior Sunday is this coming Sunday. Our 2023 seniors are Gibson Foster, Will Grissom, uh, Braden Hanna, Sandra Holloway, Preston Owens, Arlena Rogers, Levi Sweeney, and Kaylee Wilcutt. Graduates need to meet with Jordan in the Little Chapel at 9.15 with graduation attire and senior tables will be set up in the annex for gifts, so please uh, take note of that. We want to express our deepest sympathy to Sister Janita Estes and the death of her aunt, uh, Effie Thornton of Conway, Arkansas. Uh, visitation will be this Friday from 12 until 1 at Ripley Funeral Home with a funeral to follow at one. And we've got some very interesting uh, thank you uh, cards and letters. Dear church family, thank you for the beautiful dish garden and all the sweet cards of encouragement after my brother's death. Most of all, thank you for your prayers of, of comfort. That's in Christian love, Tina Anderson. Also, uh, we have a note from the Amory Church of Christ. 
It's addressed to the Boonville Church of Christ. It says the delicious chicken dinner was such a treat for our Amory neighbors during the darkness of the tornado aftermath. You showed them how much you cared and hopefully reminded them of God's love. You were such a blessing to our community and to our congregation as we were struggling to fulfill needs around us. What you did was huge. We thank you and we thank God for you. And that's signed your brothers and sisters at Amory. Uh, also, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, the Freed Hardeman Associates are scheduled to meet at 7 o'clock. Uh, the Golden Circle will be going to breakfast on Monday at the pit stop. We'll leave at 8.30 from the Annex. And, of course, our food pantry is open tomorrow from 9 until 10.30. If you want to come and be a part of that, we'd love to see you. And the monthly food pantry item this month is cornmeal. That's all the announcements that I have uh, for our uh, devotional tonight. Our song leader is going to be Ken Scott. And our closing prayer will be led by Brother Jerry Ligon. Good evening. Take your hymn books and turn to 9-11. This will be our song of invitation in a few minutes. Now take your hymn books and turn to 396. 396. people inherit this planet that we call earth and 
The question is, what difference can just one person make among such a multitude of people? What difference could you make? You know, the President of the United States certainly is only one person, but, you know, he can make a huge difference because he is a very powerful individual. Certainly a multimillionaire can make a noticeable difference uh, and be seen in the things that he does uh, amongst such a multitude of people. But, you know, ordinary folks like you and me today, do we really actually matter? I want you to pay close attention to what our Lord said in Matthew 5, 13 through 16. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Neither do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but in a lampstand, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want you to think about who our Lord was actually talking to when he said, you are the salt of the earth, when he said, you are the light of the world. Our Lord was talking to people whom the world would classify as nobodies. They weren't rich. They weren't famous. They weren't highly educated. They were just ordinary everyday average working class people but boy did they make a difference and so can you and so can I all of us can make a difference a little salt can go a long way just a sprinkle of salt on bland food makes that food palatable but that salt cannot remain in the shaker it has to contact the food to produce the desired result. And just a very small amount of light in an otherwise uh, pitch dark room can give guidance. The psalmist said that God's word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway. And as our behavior today, as we go about our everyday activities, as we try to model God's word as we try to share that word with others that we come into contact with, we illuminate a world that is darkened by sin and by ignorance. So my point tonight is this. Don't ever underestimate who you are in the eyes of God. You need to realize tonight that no matter where you are in life, you can make a huge and profound difference. A difference that will make a complete change in the lives of those around you if you will allow your influence to do so. Tonight I want to ask you, what is your influence like? Are you trying to be that different person? Are you trying to make a difference in the lives of those around you? Can those that come into contact with you, can they tell that you're a child of God? Maybe tonight you've never obeyed the gospel. 
you need to realize that we have no guarantees of tomorrow. And yet, today's the accepted time. And if you need to become a child of God, become a Christian tonight, you can do so by demonstrating your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God by repenting of your sins, confessing his name that he is the Son of God, and then tonight you can be immersed in water for the remission of your sins. And so tonight, if you need to respond to heaven's call, we ask that you come now while we stand and sing. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this day and all the many wonderful blessings that You have blessed us with. And Father, we thank Thee for the, that we live in a nation that we can come and worship Thee and sing songs of praise to Thee without any fear. And Father, I thank Thee for Thy Son, Jesus, who came to this earth and died on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. And Father, forgive us of our sins and help us be able to resist the devil and his temptation. And Father, be with our elders. Just bless them and, and grant them the wisdom they need to oversee the congregation. And Father, be with our deacons. Just bless them. And be with our teachers. And bless them. And be with our elders and all our teachers and let them continue to do the good work that they're doing. And Father, be with the sick and afflicted and just help them to get back to their normal walk of life as soon as possible. And Father, be with our nation. Just continue to bless us and keep us strong. And let more people turn back to thee each day so that we might have a more Christian nation. And be with our military, Father, and just bless them and keep them safe. And be with our policemen, our firemen, our first responders, the medevac units, the doctors and nurses. And just watch over these and keep them safe. And Father, just bless us and forgive us. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Let's turn to 1014. 1014. We'll sing one verse of this while the teachers make their way to the classroom. Good evening, everyone. It is great to see you. Hope you're having a wonderful week and just thankful that we can stop tonight and spend some time together in the study of God's Word and just enjoy each other. I have some sick people here and we're going to be praying for them in a moment. I'm going to go through my list. Then if you have someone you'd like to put on the list, we'll pray for them too. Irene Baker, Melinda Hester's mother.
but we're thankful you're able to be here and, and glad to see you. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Mike Vance has cancer. Lynn Barragona is right there. She's, you still taking therapy? 12 more weeks. Wow. A Luther is here. Um, did you see a surgeon? Put a shot in it. Well, okay. Okay. I'll just take your word for it. Um, all right. Well, we're really glad you're back here. He got a shot this long in his arm, if you were asking. Longer than this, probably. Uh, Dave Woodrow's dealing with some problems. Glenn Newton has serious health issues. He's better. Great. Okay. Jeremy Owens has cancer. Marley, taking therapy. Eddie Allen, recovering from his shoulder replacement. Larry Muse has cancer. Angie South has cancer. Lennox Kenimer's five years old, has leukemia. Brenda Taylor, a friend of Lisa's, has bladder cancer. Linda Hatter, hip replacement surgery the other day, had she walked out of there, right? The same day. And how is she now? So did you rethink that deal where you were hitching the plow to her and she was going to pull it? Yeah, because all the tractors are broke. Okay, another week. She ought to be. Okay, good. We're glad you're caring for her. <laughs> but really, that not that amazing? Uh, we're so thankful she's doing well. Uh, Loxley Eaton has a, a genetic disorder. Uh, Roy Taylor, has he been able to get strength enough to have treatment? Okay. All right. Uh, Pat Cooper, st still doing better? Tent? She's gained six more pounds. She better slow that thing down now. That's, that's wonderful news. Flora Warner has been struggling of late. She's better. Uh, and is it her sister? Is Minnie her sister or... Sister-in-law. Um, she fell. And how's she? Okay. Uh, Johnny Parker's dad, Joe Parker, uh, he was admitted to the hospital last Friday in Gulfport, and they've diagnosed him with liver cancer. They're going to treat him for the pain. Micah McBrayer, four years old, taking treatment for cancer making trips back and forth to St. Jude. Betty Cosby had bone marrow biopsy and some liver problems. Uh, Janita's aunt passed away, as you heard mentioned a moment ago. 
Um, Sue's, well, she sent me this text. She's sitting right there, but uh, Dylan and Kayla's new baby, seven weeks old, Corbin, uh, was sick. They took him to the emergency room. Uh, they did some tests, uh, not really conclusive about anything, um, not, not diagnosing the baby with strep, but some think that it might be. Nevertheless, they basically sent the baby home. It's going to be taking alternates of Tylenol and Motrin just to get the fever down. Okay. Those doctors. No, they don't. Thank you. Uh, and then um, some of you probably heard already, but uh, Tommy Gamble passed away. Uh, now, Dee's been sitting with him, and uh, he went to church Sunday. I mean, this was unexpected. Um, she was there when he died, and it's just been pretty traumatic for Dee. So uh, remember the Gamble family, uh, but, you know, Dee, too, she's been his sitter, kind of, you know, developed this relationship, and uh, saw him pass away, so that'd be, that's tough. Anybody else want on this list? Yes, Diane. Uh, please add me to this. Uh, the last couple of nights, I've been going to keep over. Catch up with that woman, and the numbers have been bad. And I'm supposed to be the patients in the morning. Okay. begin our study. And again, thank you for being here. Father in heaven, thank you for a really pretty day today. Thank you for so many, so many wonderful blessings. Help us just to be aware and thankful. We pray, Lord, for these people who are suffering and for the families that surround them who really go through these illnesses with them. We, we pray your blessings on each one and for those who are recently injured or have had surgery, we're praying for their recovery. Bless Irene Baker with good days and Austin Wentz with strength. We pray for Don Dawson and for Brenda too and those who are administering care to him. We pray for the Davis family in Wade's missing for so long. Bless Carolyn Wilcutt and her recovery. We pray blessings on Bobby Petty as he battles lung cancer. Be with Kelby Smith that he'll have good days. We pray for Larry Kennedy in his battle with lymphoma, and we're, we're thankful he's better. We pray for Van Roberts, who has cancer, Paul Rollison, who has cancer, for Lex Crossan and Norma Hemwell, who both have physical problems. Be with Marty and Donna Woodruff, who both have cancer. Be with Eli Johnson, that he'll have the strength to endure his treatments for cancer. Pray for James Goddard, who has cancer. Bless our brother John Roten that he'll have good days. We pray pain relief for Ann Langford. Bless Emma Hutton, Paul Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, Teresa Burcham, who have cancer. We pray for Laura Galloway and her strength and for the baby. We also pray your blessings on Lauren as she goes through her pregnancy. We're thankful that Linda Garrett's here and just it encourages us so much to see her, but we know that she still has a way to go and 
We pray you'll give her strength to endure her treatments and that they'll be very effective. Bless Barbara Foster, Mike Vance, who have cancer. We pray for Lynn as she continues to go through therapy, maybe three more months of it, but we pray it's effective. We pray for Luther that he is receiving the treatment he needs to heal. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless him as as he's going through this and, and still working through the midst of it, we pray that uh, he'll not be in a situation to re-injure himself and be with Joan as she cares for him and Norma. We pray for Dave Woodrow, who's dealing with some problems. Bless Glenn Newton. We're thankful that he got a good report. We just pray that uh, nothing, nothing develops further out of his situation. Be with James Hester as... He's facing some tests soon. Be with Jeremy Owens, who has cancer. Bless Marley Warner as she's going through therapy. Eddie Allen as he goes through his therapy. Bless Larry Muse and Angie South and Lennox Kenimer, who all have cancer. We pray your blessings on Brenda Taylor, who has cancer. For Loxley Eaton, who has this condition affecting her bone marrow. Be with Roy Taylor as he's gone home that he can regain his strength and uh, perhaps be a candidate for surgery that will alleviate problems with his heart. Uh, please continue blessing Pat Cooper as she's regaining strength, gaining weight. We pray her condition is better. Pray for Flora Warner and for Minnie Yarbrough and their advanced ages and just pray that they'll have good days. We pray for Joe Parker as he's been diagnosed with cancer. And we pray for Johnny and his family that, you know, there can be peace in that family that uh, makes this situation a little bit more bearable. We pray for Micah McBrayer, who's taken treatments for cancer and for his parents who are uh, no doubt very anxious and spending a lot of time traveling to the doctors. Be with Betty Cosby, who's developed some liver problems. We pray for Janita and her family and the passing of her aunt. Pray comfort for the whole family. We pray for little Corbin, that he's receiving the treatment that he needs to get better and, and be well quickly. Please be with the Gamble family in his unexpected passing. And we also pray for our D who witnessed this and just is distraught and we pray comfort for her. And be with Diane White as she is going through the process of a diagnosis and determining exactly what to do about her thyroid problems. And we pray, Lord, that you will help her to find some resolution in all of that so that she feels better real soon, can get the treatment that she needs. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to study together. Pray that uh, in our study, help us to understand better uh, what your expectations are of us in our family relationships. Uh, help us to understand better how to tend to our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so last time we talked about commitment in the family. If you're a family member 
Everybody else in that family ought to be able to say, I can depend on him. I can depend on her. I mean, we're in a, we're in a relationship together and we're there to support one another. And as much as I, I think it's important in the church that we see to one another's care and you know, ultimately helping one another to go to heaven, I think that's absolutely true in the family, don't you? I want to see my children go to heaven. I want to see their children go to heaven. And, you know, I don't, don't, don't necessarily need to be the hero or the one of notoriety, but we all want to be sure that we're doing our part to see to it that that is the result. So as we've been doing, I'm, we're going to start by thinking about our subject tonight, which is... is two components, and as we begin, I'm going to share why there are two pieces to this section. One has to do with appreciation, and the other is affection, and I'm going to show you how appreciation and affection work together as we're trying to tend to our families, to build a very strong family unit. So, Hollywood, if you would read for us Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Okay, thank you, Rick. Okay, what is this story about? You say, technically it's about Jesus healing ten lepers. But is that really what this story is about? Because there's lots of healing and Jesus has healed lots of lepers. Okay, there is a terrific emphasis here on thanks or Here's the idea that I'm promoting tonight, the idea of appreciation, appreciation. So tell me something about leprosy. Just a little virus, no big deal. We'll go get us some Tylenol and Motrin. We'll be fine tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not in this time, no cure. Now today, understand that, you know, if you get the right round of antibiotics that the condition can be forestalled. Unfortunately, whatever happened to you, the time that you caught it to the time that basically they stopped its progress, whatever's happened, that's not going to reverse. Um, when I was in Nandi, Fiji, many, many years ago, I was walking the sidewalks with one of the brethren there. And he said, you know what that man is over there? Now, in Fiji, it was like 85 degrees. 
And this guy was dressed like you might imagine. He, he kind of looked like one of those hooded uh, Star Wars Jedi, right? He's got the hood over him and he's just kind of walking around. And I was like, no, nah, I have no idea. Is he a monk or something? He said, no, 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 brother Ken. He's a leper. We have a leper colony not far from here. And I was like, you know, I wanted to evacuate the city. I mean, that's, that's, how, that's all I knew about it was this is awful, you know, it's going to be contagious. I don't... But then he walked over and gave the guy some money to help, you know, care for him, whatnot. Paul Tara couldn't even hardly rub a couple of coins together, but if he had them, he was going to use them to help somebody who was in need. Leprosy is still a thing. But unless you're in a situation like there in Fiji or some far off third world country, it may be you can't get the treatment that you need. Here, there was no treatment. And the Bible oftentimes makes the parallel between the devastating effect, the eating away of the flesh by leprosy to sin. Sins like that to our soul. It just eats away. So to be healed of leprosy, is that this or this? It is like, wow. In fact, you, you notice the story how that went. They didn't even, it's kind of like, oh, he tells them, you know, go present yourself. You have to present, you technically had to present yourself to the priest in order for them to certify if you were free of your leprosy or not. Okay. So, Jesus is sending them to go do that, but all of a sudden they realize what? We're clean. Yeah! Yeah! Can you imagine? I mean, I could just, wow! I, I, I tend to imagine it in even a greater way than maybe the guy who was healed of his blindness, right? I, I know people healed of blindness or of being lame. You, you, you hear the story about guy healing the lame man, he leaps in the air. You know, wow. Maybe he was so strong in the legs, he didn't even know how to really walk yet. He's just, wow. Uh, think about the guy who sees for the first time. I, I would have just been like, I wonder what that is. What is, what is that? I'm seeing stuff. I don't even really know what is. But these guys... They have been healed of something that was a death sentence. The, 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 the dwindling away of their bodies. The bodies are, are rotting on the bone. And now they have been healed. It's like, yes! Yeah, the, you couldn't have any interaction with them. Yeah, not, not only the affliction, but the social stigma. You know, unclean, unclean. Okay. So 10 of them are healed. Wouldn't you be grateful? One of them comes back. Now, it's interesting that he points out this one. It's a foreigner. That was the last thing said of him. The first thing said of him is Samaritan. Now, the text doesn't say this, so I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but it just, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the story of the Good Samaritan, right? A flip story, but the same nonetheless. You've got Jews who will do nothing. The Samaritan is one who will 
help the guy who's by, by the way. Wow, amazing that he would have that mindset or that heart to do something that quote unquote God's people would not do. Now, it's in between Galilee and Samaria. And so we have identified this one who returns being a Samaritan. I'm just getting the implication is all those other guys are Jews. They're running off to the priest. They're going to go in there and they're... Because after all, what's the Samaritan going to do? Is he going to the priest? What do the Jews say about Samaritans? It might as well be unclean, unclean, right? Have nothing to do with you. So what does he do? He is so filled with gratitude so that he could have just, okay, he could have just walked off the scene, said, you know what, forget this, cut my losses, glad this has happened, woohoo, good for me, forget those guys, I'll go on with my life. But not so. He is so grateful that not only does he come back and say thank you, but what does he do? He falls down to worship. I have come to the reality, the understanding that I'm being grateful to the power of God. You know, it is the story has a lot in it and what brings this guy to this place where he falls down before Jesus and gives glory to God and all that. But as pertains to just pure appreciation, you know, you can fake that. You have somebody in the company that's had more sales than you and they get the award and we all pat them on the back. Good job, good job. You know, we faked it. We acted like we were happy. Uh, you get a raise with your job, but it wasn't the one that you felt like you were owed. And so you're like, yeah, thank you very much. Oh, so thank And then you go behind their back. You know, it's like, wow, how could they? You can fake appreciation. Just put a smile on your face and say thank you while you're gritting it on the inside. What we need to sprinkle that with is something else. When we have appreciation plus genuine, real affection, it isn't just that I thank you, but from the very depth the lowest part within my heart, I'm yearning after you in gratitude. Affection. In this case, affection for God. God has healed me. I fall down on my face and I give glory to Him. But maybe in our cases, instead of just being thankful for a thing, that we always bring within that the genuineness of our appreciation. And that, that is the idea of affection. Now, Jesus is the one who defines for us what is the true depth of affection. That's found in Matthew chapter 22. Oops. Oops. And verse 37. Go ahead and read that. Yeah. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. God, I love you. You know, you, you've blessed me. Oh, I'm so thankful. Okay. It's not just a vocal acknowledgement that God has done a good thing. 
But where is that, where is that, where is that appreciation coming from within us? What is it that God accepts? Yeah, the genuineness of our affection toward God for what he has done is expressed in the totality of our heart, our soul, and our mind. Now, if you're familiar with Mark's quoting of this, he adds another thing. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, with all of our, all of our being itself, we give thanks and glory to God. We give appreciation to God for whatever it is that he has done from the very depth of our being itself. So tonight, we're thinking in terms of how it is that we're going in our families to cultivate appreciation and affection, because these conditions are going to be necessary in our relationship with one another. It isn't just that I appreciate you, but I appreciate you from the depth of my being. I have affection for you. I care about you. That kind of appreciation and that kind of recognition is important in a family. That's what ties us together, binds us as individuals in one unit together. Uh, one of the things that we're going to do if we're going to have this affection and um, this appreciation, is we're going to have to get into the habit of what I would call digging for diamonds. Okay, so in South Africa, South Africa is pretty famous for diamond mines. Here's what they do. They dig out tons and tons and tons of dirt. And they sift through all of that massive amount of dirt in order to find these pieces of diamond. I mean, they spend way more time in the dirt than they ever do in the diamond, but they're searching for the good that's in there. Unfortunately, today especially, there just seems to be so much more emphasis on the dirt than there is on the diamonds. It is as though we kind of push the diamonds aside in order to spend all of our time in the dirt. You know that if you spend your time looking for faults, trying to uncover mistakes in other people, if you spend all your time doing that, you know what you'll find? You'll find faults and you'll find mistakes. You sure will if that's what you've set your mind to do. If that person that is the object of your concern right now just never can do anything right, then guess what? They never will be able to do anything right because you're looking at them through the screen of fault and mistakes. But what if we decided instead, instead of looking for faults or mistakes, what if we decided to look for the good in people? You know, look for the diamonds in them. If we started looking for the good, you know what we would find? You'd find, you'd find really good things. Now another text, and this is actually in the same opening, it's Matthew 
chapter 22 at verse 39. What does Jesus say there? And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Sometimes maybe the reason that we find fault with other people so much or we try to find the mistakes in them is because that's so much what we see in ourselves. We feel like we're filled with faults and mistakes. I don't know, in an effort to justify ourselves or somehow just make it common that all of us are the same, we begin to look the same way at other people. What if we did what Jesus said right here? Jesus said, you love your neighbor as yourself. The, 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 whole, the whole theological economy is to think the best, to think what's good. And so if you think right about yourself, if you see yourself in the proper light, then how are you going to treat everybody else? I mean, isn't that basically how it's supposed to unfold? You're going to love your neighbor as yourself, but what if you hate yourself? What if you, all you ever see is the negative in yourself? Is that, going to, is that going to pan out for us? The answer is no. So in a family, there has to be, you know, there has to be a sense of God's blessing in our own life. We're grateful just like that leper who returned to Jesus and thanked him, fell down on his face and gave glory to God. But then the extension of that would be as in effect, we leave the presence of Jesus that we have experienced that good and we're going to share that good with everybody else. Can you imagine, for instance, that leper having just now been healed, going by a economy of lepers and saying, you guys are a bunch of losers. You think that would have been his mindset? What's he going to do? Let me tell you about what happened to me. And I give glory to God in it. If we just, if we had that mentality about our relationships with one another, not looking for the bad, or not, de not, dealing, with, not dealing with our own issues by mistreating someone else, oh, how much better would our family relations be? Now, we also, second thing, need to learn how to affirm our children verbally. I'll say this to start with. The thing that we do here on Sunday afternoons at 5 o'clock before we go to a Bible class, this kid sing. I love all the singing. I love the memory stuff. But at the end, Doug has them say something, I think, that is so important. He started by telling them that they were special. But then when they respond, here's what he emphasizes that they say. Not that we are special, as though all of us together as a unit were special. Doug emphasizes, I am special. I am special. It's not just that I'm in this group right now and that makes me special. No, I'm special all by myself. God made me. God didn't make junk. I'm special to God. Now, if we, could, if we could affirm to our children that we love them and that they are unique and special, I'm telling you, you're going to put jet fuel in their tanks as far as their life is concerned. And if you start 
But even before they understand the very words that you say, affirming their speciality and the love that you have for them, what a difference that, that's going to make in their life. You say, you know what, I don't, my kids know that. You know, they know where the food comes from. They know that I work to provide them with foods. They, they know that the shoes on their feet, that comes from me. They know and just go on and on and on and on about the stuff that you do for them that you assume they know. You can't assume that. Those children need to hear that you think they're special. Those children need to hear that you love them. I, I will tell you from my own personal experience with, with my dad. And I love my dad. My dad, was a, he was a great father. But I'm telling you, I never heard him actually say the words, I love you, until he was weeks away from his death. Now, I don't know if it's because he had become softened up or what, but there was just a mentality in his generation, and I'm sure the generation before him, that just, you know, men didn't say things like that to each other. But let me tell you that when he said that to me, as an, I was an adult. I've been a man for a long time. But when he said that to me, it was like a dark cloud lifted up from my life. Now, did he provide for me when I was? Yes. Did he see to it that I was care? Yes. Did he pay for doctor bills when I had to go? Yes. Did he provide a happy life in the home? Yes. But there's just something about hearing the words spoken directly to you. It isn't just that you happen to live in this house. I feel responsible for you. And so I'm going to see that all my children have shoes and clothes. And yeah, you too, honey. I'm going to take care. No, it's Ken. You, you, you're the one. I love, I love you. I'm sure you loved a lot of other people. But in that moment, that absolutely meant the world to me. We also ought to expect that our children are going to be the thing that we're trying to, to help them see in our own lives. You, you are appreciative. Yes? You are affectionate. You say, I show it in every, all kinds of ways. So I, I'm appreciative to God for what I have and appreciative for people who touch my life. I, I have affection for those who are in my life. All those things are in line. Yeah, but I need to be sure that my children know how to express that too. And the only way that they're going to learn that is by seeing that in us. Here's something that I see parents do. We did it with our kids, but I see this today and always just, I just smile. Okay, so like with our, our little grandbabies, I'm not going to get into all that, but you know I've got grandbabies. So. Uh, our little Millie now, you know, she's starting to talk. She can say what you say. You have something that she wants. She comes up to it. Her natural inclination is to do what? Just grab it and run off with it. But you know what her parents tell her to do now? Say please. Say please. And a lot of times she'll go ahead and try and grab it and not comply, right? But eventually she'll say peace. And then when she gets it, she wants to run off. No, 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 Millie. No, 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 Millie. 
Come back here. Come back here. Say what? Thank you. Say thank you. Please and thank you are both words of appreciation. You have something for me. May I please have it? I appreciate you for giving it. And now in response to having received it, we then in turn say thank you. You know what? It's something as simple as Mr. and Mrs. You know, there are a lot of kids that, I don't know, maybe it's just because I want to think I'm still young or whatever. You know, I don't mind kids calling me whatever. Mr. Ken is a lot of the times what I hear, Mr. Ken. There is a person here in this congregation that's in his 20s right now. He always calls me Mr. Forrest. I was thinking the other day, you know what, I, I, I should just, you know, I'm with him so much. I mean, I, I see him all the time. I just, I should just say, why don't you just, why don't you just call me Ken? Because the other side of that, my children know his parents and they just call them by their first name. I thought, you know what, I should tell him, just call me Ken. But I backed off of that. You know why? Because what he is doing is trying to show me what? Respect. Trying to show me the utmost respect. And so it would be fine if one day he showed up and said, hey, Ken, this or that. Hey, peace. That's okay. It's what everybody else does. But right now, I just, I, I just wouldn't do that. Because it is his way of showing tremendous respect. Where do you think he learned that? Learns it from his parents. Um, we need to share humor and playfulness in, in our relationships. Humor and playfulness. Um, here's one I didn't give you, but it's Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. We'll read that here in a second. So you ever get together with your family? One of the things that binds us together is just, you know, we enjoy being together. And you tell funny stories, right? Like the time that Grandpa was protecting his little garden out there from deer that were getting in it and eating out the vegetables. And he saw one in the thicket getting ready to get into the garden. So he grabbed up his rifle and he shot and thankfully he missed. Because out from that thicket came his milk cow. And the shot so created anxiety in that milk cow that it didn't get milk for a week. You know, those are kinds of stories that are just just fun. What is not fun in a family is what you would call negative humor, like sarcasm and put-downs, making fun of somebody in the family to their harm, to their hurt. What does Ephesians 4 verse 29 say? Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Okay. When we speak, especially to our family, we speak to our people, how are we supposed to be talking to them? Putting them down or what? We're trying to lift one another up. Um, purposefully encourage appreciation and affection. You, you are trying to 
get a good attitude to a future generation. And, and then, I know time's up, but one last thing I would remind us of is when someone appreciates you, you know what you should do? Accept it. And here's what you say. Thank you. There's nothing more discouraging to somebody who's trying to pay you a compliment than for you to shoot the compliment down because then that tends to make them do what in the future? Just keep it. I don't want to, you know, maybe they don't care. Let's have a prayer and then we'll go. Father, thank you so much for the time we could spend talking about family. Thank you for all of our families. Pray that you'll bless us as we're trying to raise our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. Help us to be successful in this uncertain time. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this day. And if it's your will that you'll give us a new day, help us to meet that day with appreciation and affection. Thank you for the blessings that you shower upon us and help us to be conduits through which those blessings can flow to others. In Jesus' name, amen.